The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Support from this podcast comes from our friends over at Wicked Memories. Ladies, do you like candles? Do you not like buying them at ridiculous prices? Guys, are you sick of your apartment and your room smelling like feet all the time and want it to be a little bit more presentable for when your parents or ladies come over? This place has it all. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda. Guys, I went to view their products. It's a combination of two stores, Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted. And their products Oh, my God. They're so good. Um, Their Taste the Rainbow Artisan Soap, I've been using at my house. And some of the candles that they give smell so much like the actual product. Their Honeysuckle one is delicious. So go check them out. They have in-store deals every Saturday that you can only take advantage of there. Mention my name over there as well, and they'll be able to give some more support to this podcast, and who knows, they might even throw you a discount or two. Just mention me. Wink, wink. Check them out. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda, New York. You can also view their website, and on their Facebook page has the link to everything you could possibly need. Again, that is Wicked Memories, which is a combination of Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted, 408 Oliver Street, North Tonawanda. Make your life smell nice. Welcome to episode 23 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. We're just going to dive right in this week, man. I've got uh, one of my favorite people on this podcast. I know I always say that, but I truly mean it. Um, This is someone who, when you ask me, like, oh, how did you guys kind of meet? Like, I know kind of the circumstance behind it, but we've always just kind of been around each other. Like, we always known each other. Yeah. through people or you know what I mean? Just through like different classes and yeah. things like that. Um, he's a former professional wrestler. He is the one of the hosts of Anime Made Me Do It here on the podcast Precinct. Yep. This is my man, Tyler Body. I'm so happy to have you on. Dude. <laughs> Dan, thanks for having me. I I've been wanting it. to have you on forever. I'm glad this lined up the way it did because I was... Uh, you invited me on your show, yep. and that was my first time being a guest on a podcast. I don't know if this is yours. I've been but, on a few. But, but this but, seems to trade off well yeah. anyway because, you know, you're interesting as shit too. So <laughs> having, having you I on my show is <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, it's just a nice thing to have. What's yeah. new lately? Nothing. I mean uh, summer semester's wrapping up with school. Hell yeah. Working full-time, work's busy. So, I mean, I'm – I'm really not doing much. I'm just, you know, when I'm not at work, I'm watching lectures, doing homework or exams and stuff like that. And when I'm not doing that, uh, you know, everyone decompresses differently. So for me, it's it's Xbox. Sure. So, so like I'm playing Call of Duty, PUBG, just stuff like that, you know, just relax myself. And 
when I'm not doing that, I'm really just sleeping and <laughs> going through life, you know? Are you still on Warzone a lot, or are you playing something else now with Call of Duty? Pretty much, yeah, every yeah. night, yeah. I'm actually getting, pr- like, I was good before, but now it's like, if I don't get at least double-digit kills in Warzone, then it's a bad Dude, I'm bad I'm so <laughs> sick of Warzone. I wish they would change it up just, like, a little bit more. When you see it, when you look at Fortnite and you see how how different it is like from 5 years ago yep. that it is now yep. like warzone they barely even changed the the damn map like verdansk is yeah. the exact same as it was before and i don't like it now no. like like the change they made was like a bad change like mainly oh, terrible what i've actually been doing lately is playing the um rebirth island more than anything yeah that's what i play now if i play so, anything like verdansk if the only way I play Verdansk is if they like, if I have a squad of four and Rebirth is only like trios, or if I only have trio, a three people team and it's like quads, like I can't play with randoms. Yeah, I can't either. And I'm on Xbox, so I'm in an Xbox Live party, so I hate going to game chat. I hate chatting with people, and plus it's like toxic as shit, so I don't deal with that. I do it for the rage once in a while, but <laughs> I, I like being on the PSN chat too. Yeah. Like when I, when I do my shit, it's it's just. <sighs> It's so raw. I wish they would change it up a little bit. The last update they did, like, I was, I would only go in once in a while. Yeah. And then they updated it again. And instead of, like, changing major shit, they, like, took out one of the main places I went to. Yeah. And it was that, that quarry house that used to be there. Like, I the used tall to. tall one? Yeah. I yeah. used to always, like, set up with, uh, with my boys there and, like, get the whole squad in and, mm-hmm. like, figure out where the storm went from there. Then they, like, just totally, they were like, yeah, no, we're not going to change much, <laughs> but that's one of the things we're taking out. Yeah, for me, like, so I have, like, I have, like, two different squads that I play with normally. Uh, one is my normal group where we do rebirth. Uh, we go to chemical engineering every drop, okay. every single time. It's like the joke is like, oh, we should try something new. You, want, you guys want to try chemical engineering? Oh, yeah, let's try it, you know. Yep. Um, and if we're not doing that, uh, we'll drop. Near the quarry, it's um near that bunker in the hills. It's to the right a little bit. Uh, I don't know the actual. Oh, I know exactly what you're you know talking what I, about. Yeah, and yeah, then there's yeah. a bridge the other side, and you got the the bunkers underground and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, that's where we drop. We call it PP Town because my one buddy <laughs> that I played with is PP Dandy. Uh, shout out PP Dandy if shout you're listening PP to this. Dandy. Uh, yeah, because he it was like the first time I think we got a win. Actually, we went there. Mm-hmm. So then there was like. Oh, we got to win there. We got to keep going back. And no, it's PP Town. <laughs> That's amazing. I have, there's an area right by the boneyard where this, there's just this cluster of like four houses and we drop there yeah. all the time. And I that, know what you're talking about. That, that, that's the yeah. fuck house to us. Okay. <laughs> we're just like, okay, we're heading to the fuck house. So let's yeah. go. Boom. And just like drop right there. But that's always been for no reason at all. Just the yeah. cool word for it. And then my other group that I play with, uh, shout out, like, if you saw the names of these people that I play with, Chief Jurganoff. Oh my God! <laughs> that's the other my other boy, and the supervisor. Uh, that's my aggro group. Like that's like they call it like the the goat group. Like we'll go in there and we'll drop. And this is in Verdansk. We'll drop like. We got a win the other night, and we had, like, a total of, like, 32 kills in the Holy squad. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are dope. And we just go to uh, military, mm. and then we just run train on everyone there, 
and then just get a load out and just start like, all right, let's get UAVs, let's get um, bounties, and we're just going to just hunt everyone down. Yeah, UAVs are pretty clutch <laughs> yeah. in, in, in those situations. Yeah. They're so important to try and utilize. So, Shit, I get wins, but I don't get them like that. Like, God damn, dude. Yeah, we had five wins last night. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I've had like three or four dub nights, but like there are days where I've gotten like I think as high as six, but it's yeah. been a while since I've had that. Rebirth we've definitely gotten more with yeah. because I like the fast pacedness of it and how it's just like fucking 40 people in yep. it. Yep. That's the, like the best part about it is because like yeah, with Verdansk, like a game can literally take like half hour, 45 minutes, whereas Rebirth Island, if you're having a bad drop so you drop somewhere you can't find anything there's like three other teams and mm-hmm. you get killed it's like boom done over go start another one it yeah. was like two minutes or you still have another chance too yeah. depending like you could go through the cycle of all, all your whole squad's getting wiped out and coming back and coming back yeah. and coming back and that's much better than you know sometimes you waste like 20 minutes in a verdance game just to get killed in a cheap way in yep. the top 10 yep I hate that shit. It's By like a camper. In, yeah. In a bush. Some dude driving around in a car that I runs you that over. Shit. Oh, it's the that worst. Shit. That's why you do the thermites. <laughs> I just whip thermites at the trucks and shit. Or the uh, proximity mines I, I loved using. I've been using those again. Um, I'm using a Krig class now. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just throw the mines in places. Like if someone died and there's a big pile of shit, I'll throw a mine in there. Those are clutch sometimes. We even use them to not even so much for the kills, but if we're posted up in a building, sometimes we just put them down so we can get an idea of where people yep. are. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, we do that too. Especially end game. If you got like a if you got a good spot in end game, mm-hmm. I throw them down to have a like a somewhat idea of where someone might be. Mm-hmm. So like if if one of mine goes off, I'll look to both the places that they I put them. And it's like, all right, they're over here. Mm-hmm. Like, keep an eye on this mark over here. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I, I need something new to play though. Like, I I need to get either on Apex or like PUBG or one of those because I just need a new battle royale like type of game. PUBG's fun, especially because they do custom games now. So like Wednesday nights is our custom game night. We'll get like literally like sixteen to twenty homies in a party. Oh shit! And do like. You know, as we're getting more and more people, say we have, like, five, six people, we'll do a singles. And mm-hmm. then, like, we get ten people, we'll do, do duos, so five teams. Yeah. And then once you start to get, like, 15-plus, we start doing trios or even quads. Holy shit. And they have, like, different size maps that you could pick from, too. So mm-hmm. it, it's fun like that, but, like, as far as the actual uh, game goes, it's not too fun because mm-hmm. they've thrown so many bots in there. Like, my first game back, I haven't played it, PUBG in, like, a year and a half, two years until, like, two or three months ago when we started doing this Wednesday night thing. And we wanted to get a quick warm-up game, and it was me and two buddies. I had a 10-kill game, and nine of them were bots. And you know a bot, because it'll run, like, three feet, you shoot at it, and it starts, like, running back and forth in a single line. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, there's a bot. And then I only saw one actual person, which was the end game kill. And it's like, that's not even fun. Yeah, no, why would you waste your time yeah. doing that? Uh, for me personally, I'm looking forward to Halo. Like I said, I'm an Xbox guy, so mm-hmm. Halo Infinite's coming out. The gameplay is like reminiscent of like Halo Three, um, and Halo Reach kinda. And I'm a big Halo guy, so that's dope. I know a lot of people are excited for that yeah. game. So as soon as that drops, I'm jumping ship to Halo, and mm-hmm. I'll probably get yelled at by a couple of my homies because they don't like Halo, don't play it. But it's like fuck it, like that's I'm, what you want to do. So. I've been doing Warzone for almost three years now, two three years, mm-hmm. right? Because it came out. It'll be year three this year, right? Yeah, I think so. Because year 
two started with uh, Cold War. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be year three. It's like, I've been doing the same shit. They just changed the map. Like, dude, I'm done with that. Yeah. No, I'm 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 kind of over it at this point. I yeah. played it all through the pandemic, too, and, like, I just exhausted. Like, there'd be some days I'd wake up and start playing, and then, like, yeah. I'd go to bed having accomplished nothing the entire day <laughs> and just playing that. So, like, my thing is I can't play single-player games mm. anymore. Like, story-driven games, I can't do it. If I'm not playing with someone, then I'm not going to play I'm Xbox. I'm kind of the same way. The last game I played that was, like, just by yourself and go through was Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. And that one was fun because it's run and gun. So yeah. I would just I would get really captured into that. And like sometimes like I'll play something like that, but I want to listen to like a podcast or do mm-hmm. something else and just play something mindless. Yeah. So if I have to pay attention and just watch like ten hours of cutscenes to play four hours a game, sometimes yeah. I, it's not worth it for me. So I kind of get that. So I bought Cyberpunk when it came out, and I had the Series X. So I didn't have a single issue with it like everyone else's they shouldn't have made it for ps4 and just old xbox one no it was that was the that was the problem so i didn't have a single issue but i got like three hours into it and i'm like i'm already bored i'm done and i literally deleted it from my xbox and go and eh, glad i spent 70 dollars <laughs> for three hours of gameplay and there was nothing wrong with it. it was a fun game i thought it was very unique the gameplay was honestly great. I just can't do story-driven games, sure. single-player games anymore. Yeah, I don't think I have the patience for it. No. I really don't. I don't. And uh, as of lately, I've been getting back into Magic the Gathering, actually. And uh, with my coworkers, you know, today's Monday. Monday nights, we go to my one coworker's house, and we play a, a format called Commander. Um, it's 100 cards. You can only use one copy of each card. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been doing that and getting back into that and dropped them magic is mad fun actually i've only played it once or twice mm-hmm. uh my friend cosmo shout out cosmo showed me how to uh play it like a summer or two ago mm-hmm. and the first time i played it I was like this is so fun yeah like i definitely want to start collecting and getting cards and shit like that like honestly if you wanted to meet up here one night i'll bring decks here and i'll teach you how to play hell yeah get I you better yeah yeah yeah. we could definitely beef up on that <laughs> because i got like we i think we do every other monday now because you know it's starting to get to the point where like th- these guys i play with they have families they have kids they have wives and shit like that yeah whereas like me and the uh, one other guy who's single like we're the only two single dudes without <laughs> families so it's like yeah we need to spend time with our family I'm like oh i get it yeah yeah so but like next monday if you're not busy like I'm down to come to the studio with a couple of decks and be like, all right, let's let's run it. Dope. Yeah, bl- plan on that, and I'll confirm with you for all sure. Right, that would bet. be really dope. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on the podcast, brother. It's really Thank awesome. I, 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 I Prior to being on it, I really have enjoyed listening to it because, as we talked about, you know, I'm not someone who's huge on anime. Mm-hmm. I've watched a bunch um, – that I haven't, uh, like, I've just, my attention span's gotten the better of me and I move on to something else or, but it, it, it it's a blast to just listen to you guys kind of pick it apart yeah. and analyze a lot of things with it. You're really yeah. good at it. I well, appreciate it. Um, I think one of our main issues is, like, we'll have, like, shout out to the guy with the loud car out I know, there. <laughs> NT's live today, man. It is. Um... <laughs> So me and Aaron, like, so how it started was Aaron likes anime. I would suggest some shit to him. Uh, He would go watch it, 
and it'd be like he'd binge it. Mm-hmm. Like he he'd get like caught right up in the first couple episodes and be like, "Yo, like this was so cool!" Like, and then that we would literally spend our whole day. Aaron's my coworker. We'd spend the whole day at work talking about it, mm-hmm. and then finally was, he was like why don't we just like do this in front of like mics and put out a podcast? I'm like, Oh, I know a place. And that's how it started. And, uh, but like, excuse me. Um, with, with a podcast, like I'm trying to keep things to certain topics or have a skeleton of a subject to keep it to. And then we always just start like getting carried away with something. And then I have to try and like reel it back. And then like we start talking about it again and then we get carried away again. And it's just, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I, th- I think our podcast is more about talking about animes and stuff more so than like specific subjects. Cause I, I listen to some, uh, anime podcasts and like YouTube and analyzing things of like, Oh, this chapter of this came out or this episode of this came out. They'll, sure. They'll talk about one thing for an hour. I can't do that. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's fun the way you guys do it too because yeah, appreciate it. I I think like as a nerd myself, I enjoy hearing you guys kind of riff on different things and like this in animation makes you think of this and this mm-hmm. makes you think of that. Yeah. It's just more natural that way where it can get very presentational if you kind of keep it on one topic and yours is just something that like people who casually watch anime can get into immediately that's what we're hoping i mean and and another thing is too like we want people to if they haven't watched an anime or Mm -hmm. read a manga to kind of get interested in it and go watch it like everything everyone has their own opinion on everything like I'm not a One Piece guy, and Aaron's not a One Piece guy. But we brought Lakeem in. Shout out to Lakeem, and he's a One Piece is his favorite anime. So we talked about it briefly. You know, um, I got to go watch. I'm gonna go watch a hundred or so episodes because it's over a thousand episodes deep. Jesus. And uh, I'm gonna bring him back on, and I'm gonna you know give him like, yeah, I watched up to here. This was great. This was great. Yada yada yada. Um, and then I got him back and interested in uh, I think it was. My Hero Academia, which yeah. is what I recommended to you. Yep. And that's what I've been binging since we got on. So I, I have slacked a little bit lately, but I'm still pretty deep within it. What, mm-hmm. The last thing I saw, so I got through the um, the Stain st- uh, storyline. And you were really hype about it. I was real hype. He's dope. Okay. That that's like so. That's one one thing I really like about this series so far is the villains are it, just the art behind them and like the even um the, oh, I'm so bad with names, but homie with the hands all over him, Shigaraki, Shigaraki, yeah. The, the way he like scratches himself all the it, it it makes my skin crawl just of the little yeah. details they throw in like that. So that's like the good thing about my hero is that they're very. Um, in in depth with the details that they put into their characters and the character development. Yes. So you could really get attached to characters, even if it's not a character that you that's not a good guy. If they're a villain, like like you're saying with this thing with Shigaraki, like you could really like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, Stain. Uh, he's a very very popular villain. 
So he's badass. Like it's understandable yeah. why. Yeah. That whole the sequence of episodes with him just made you be like, what the f-? like? I want more of like things like this. Yeah. The way he like just licked the blood off of everything. The way he got like a little piece of somebody and would mm-hmm. capitalize on it. Yeah. It was it was so well done and like even. Uh, you know, All Might is so, so entertaining. Yeah. He, he's just so funny to see this, like, classic American hero and yeah. stuff. But behind closed doors, he's, you know. This, Shriveled like, up, shrunk Yeah, kind down. of a shell of who he, he used is to be. a superhero. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's cool to see those kind of dynamics with everything. There is not a bad character so far yeah. in, in this anime. I mean, you, I have your, you have your typical tropes. Of, like, anime characters that they'll take. And, uh, like, Mineta. You text me about Mineta. Yep. That's your typical anime pervert. That's your typical anime pervert. That is the horniest dude in anime. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) It's just some of the things he was doing, I was like... What is going on with you, dude? Like, calm it yeah. down a little bit. Like, yeah. be a little discreet. Damn. <laughs> no, but uh, My Hero is a great show. Um, I just love everything about it because it's like everyone, practically everyone, I won't spoil anything for you. Dope. Um, he has a power. It could be a great power. Or it's something as stupid as you shooting a little stream of water out of your finger. and <laughs> Or pulling balls off your head. Or pulling you know. sticky balls off your head. <laughs> Great man. I think that's his hero name. <laughs> yeah. But that's like the cool thing. And me and Aaron have talked. I think we had a brief discussion about like our superpowers. But we, if we could have a quirk, that's what they're called in the show, quirks. Yeah, yeah. Um, like what would you like to have? What would you like to be born with? I forget what Aaron said. Ooh, that's such a hard one because I feel like there are so many people that are born with just cool Something ones. Cool. You can Things have. that you wouldn't even think of yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's super creative the way they come up with yeah. all of that. But uh, for me, it was, I called it Manifest, but I realized after it was like, they already have one called Manifest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'd be like these, these like giant, like energy, like, manifestations of arms yeah like would float out of you and you could uh like throw a punch but then this giant arm would punch the person instead of yeah yeah so something like that i think it would be cool so anything with strength like i'm i've always been like a super strength kind of person sure and, uh or like magneto is one of my favorite people from the x-men universe yeah like, i don't want to be have like magnetism or something like mm-hmm. that so did you watch the x-men movies like either as a kid or as an adult watch the shows okay yeah uh, um, what's the one from like the nineties? Uh, that's X one. So X one is the one with like Toad and Sabretooth and Mystique okay. the first time, yep. and um, and then X two goes more into like Logan's origin yep. and like Striker, and there's that whole scene with the FBI in the mansion. So I like, like those two. I like X three, The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. Um. Everything after that I thought was hot garbage except for Logan. Logan is Logan's, so like Logan's one of the, a beast the best. of its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one that's of the powerhouse of a movie. That might be the best X Men related movie 100%. ever. Hundred percent ever. Just just because of the way it, it panned out and how good it was. Yeah. But um, so what I was gonna refer to was one of the most badass scenes in X Men is when Magneto 
pulls the iron out of that dude's blood in Acts 2 in the prison he's in. Yep. And then, like, forms it to a disc to, like, float himself across. And then he shoots the balls. He's, like, just shooting the balls at all the people. And, like, it's just that that type of power has always been so fascinating to me because, like, if you like the people who have known how to use them in like comic books or anime or whatever it may be, when they can use them to the fullest extent, they can do the coolest shit ever with them. Yeah. So like, I think magnetism is such a cool power. Yeah. And uh, people, I don't think people realize how strong, especially if you have like ma- Magneto's like affinity towards and like his his ability to use it. Like, if you were a villain with magnetism power. Mm-hmm. You can fuck up anything. Anything. You could go to a major city and literally take down the whole city mm-hmm. in, in seconds. In seconds. You could literally just wipe out a whole building and just start wiping out all the buildings around it, and then boom, there just goes a the whole major city. think of how much metal is in everything. 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 Yeah. Yeah. If magnetism is like OP. I don't is is Magneto an Omega level mutant? He's gotta be. Like there's there's no way he's not. I, I, I'm sure that I wish I was deeper into X Men to be able to give a solid answer, but the way his powers are, he ripped all the adamantium out of Logan's body in the comic books. Like yeah. that's it, nobody just does that. Yeah. That, there's no I'm way. I'm Googling it now. Uh Magneto is Omega level. Yeah, yeah. So See, he's just he's too good not to be. Yeah, he's OP. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. He could fuck up everything. If he wanted to, if you were, if he had the ability, he could probably pull the moon with all the fucking metal that's in the moon into yeah. the earth. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. There, there just have to be some kind of circumstance where he can get close enough to yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm sure he's, like, tried that shit. He's had to have the comics at some point. That'd be something worth looking into, mm-hmm. at least for me. I won't do it right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'm excited to see where my hero ends up going. It's cool to see um, the growth of Deku's powers, like, just from the beginning to where I am now. Just wait. It gets even, like, I just got caught up today. Okay. So I woke up, I watched, like, five episodes. And it's just, even this season alone, there was so much growth in him. Like I won't I won't go beyond that because I don't want to spoil it for you, but it gets mm-hmm. crazy. Um I know you're gonna be texting me like crazy when you when once you get oh, to like yeah. what I'm talking about. You're like, what the fuck? I have been this whole time. Yeah. Like I've just had my mind blown so many times. And the first time he punches that robot and all his limbs break, I was yeah. just like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like this dude just destroyed Fucked himself. Yeah. Yeah. And like for no he could have, like, just let her go, but no, nope, yeah. nope, not going to do that no. shit. That's what got him into the academy, though. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah. When he's in that tournament, when he's breaking all his fucking fingers and going again mm-hmm. and just, like, still using that, yeah. uh, that's another one. Is like, I'm excited to see where um, Todoroki, I believe his name is. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes because yeah. my brothers, have they've both watched the show and they're like, oh, just wait till you see like where this dude ends up. Yeah. Like, and they've like asked me my theories on him and I've told them and they've been like, hmm, interesting. Okay. <laughs> and like it's yeah. giving me no context to, to what could possibly happen with it. Once you're all caught up in this, I want you to watch Attack on Titan because that's my all-time favorite mm-hmm. anime. Um, the character development and that, the story... Like, everything about that, like, as you get further along, 
say you get to season two and three, and then you like go back and rewatch season one, you're gonna pick up little details that were like, "Holy fuck! How didn't I pick up on that before?" Oh, that's cool. So yeah. that's another great one. So keep I that think in that's mind. the second one on my list after My Hero because that was Perfect. the first one you two recommended me, yeah. and then you said Attack on Titan yeah. right after. And you know, being a superhero nerd, my hero was just right up my alley for for doing this. So yeah. I think it was the perfect one to get me back into everything. Cool, because it's not super weird either. No, it has its weird anime moments, but yeah. there are some that are just like, where are we going with this mm-hmm. right now? There's a lot of anime that's like that. Like, I'm gonna have a couple people on on the show soon, and uh, I know what they like because I've talked to them already about it. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, how do you how do you like that? <laughs> like, that's just not for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing against it. Everyone has their own opinions and their own uh, likes and stuff like that. But I'm just like, I don't know. There's like, it's like base level, you know? Yeah. There's no depth to it. I like to watch them that has somewhat depth to it. Yeah. And like, My Hero has that. Attack on Titan has that. I mean, the original big three all have that. That's One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto, mm-hmm. Shippuden. It's just like, come on. Those yeah. all have depth. And you're out here watching some bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, but whatever. Yeah, some weird <laughs> ass. Like, we talked about the volleyball concept. Some weird ass volleyball. That, the food wars. Like, I tried yeah. watching that because I like cooking, too. And I'm like, I can't watch this shit. It's not, like, for me. No. It, it, there are some that definitely have like a niche audience yeah. that have to go, but that's the same with any TV show. Any TV yeah. show could be like that for the most part. Yeah. Some people spend their day in front of HGTV, and I can't do that. Yeah, like I can't just nah, watch house shows yeah. all day and shit. Yeah. So what's like uh, a newer anime you've gotten into that you could recommend for people? I mean, definitely My Hero. Mm-hmm. Attack on Titans on their final season. It's only four seasons long. I think it's about. You got like 24, 26 episodes the first season, 12 the second. I think the third season's a little bit long, and the fourth season's longer. Mm. I'd say all in all, it's no more than maybe 100 episodes total. Okay. It's a very doable anime. It's I'm not going to go out and be like, you know, go watch Shippuden. Um, Shippuden's like 500 and something. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to watch that, Go online, do yourself a favor, Google Filler List. Filler List has all the filler episodes, which is like the stuff that they put in there while they're animating the the main story, the good stuff. Yeah. Um, I won't recommend that. It's one of my favorites. It's number three on my list, but it's right. No, it's number two on my list. But um, My Hero, Attack on Titan. Um, If you like Isekaya, which is like a. Main character gets teleported to like a, another realm, another universe of fantasy world. Uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime is a good one. Mm. Uh, the name of it is like I call it Shield Hero. It's like the the Legend of the Rising Shield Hero or something like that. That's a decent one. Okay. Um, but there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. I have a Crunchyroll account, and I'll, I'll watch something that. One or two episodes, like if it if it if it catches me, I'll watch it all. If it doesn't, then I don't. You know, mm-hmm. but there's I've watched so much stuff in the especially last year with like all the lockdowns. And yeah, everything. I had so much time on my hands. I I'd go watch two three episodes of this, two three episodes of that, and but no, definitely my hero is a good one. Um, 
Oh, Black Clover. That's a decent one. There are I've about heard good things about it's that like 170 one. episodes, but it, it it's, for the most part, I think uh, on one episode I looked it up, um, there's only 10 filler episodes out of 170, I think, which oh, is like not a lot at all. So no. that stays on the main story and keeps you go- going. So that one's another good one. But as far as like newer stuff, that's all I'd probably recommend right now. Off yeah, the top of I my mean head. that's a that's a great list just for it being off the top of your yeah. head. Like people will be able to spend like hours doing that. <laughs> hours, yeah, yeah, <laughs> literal days. <laughs> I just started watching. Um, I'm like two episodes in, but uh, DC has like their own animated stuff now, and which they've you know they've always kind of dominated that animated world forever. We mm. talk. We talked a little bit about, like, Justice League and, like, Batman and, like, the, the great animated shows they've done through there. But I just started watching the newer Harley Quinn series they did. Okay. That show's fucking hilarious. Really? Oh, my God. It's so dark. Like, they're always, like, her and Joker are, like, melting people with acid and, like, busting <laughs> kneecaps and stuff right at the beginning of it. But it makes fun of Batman with, like, a lot of the elements they've always had with it. Like... Um, Batman speaking in like the Bale voice like the whole time and like saying all this stereotypical Jim Gordon's like wired all the time and like hasn't shaved and like is like frantic constantly and um, J.B. Smoove I don't know if you know who he is Uh, I don't he's a comedian that's he's been on Curb Your Enthusiasm and like he was on Real House Husbands and like all like all that shit he has a really distinct voice that you mm-hmm. know if if you heard it okay um but he like voices like Poison Ivy's uh plant and so like he'll be throwing in shit and just like when they're at home and just like saying these one liners that you're mm-hmm. dying for 5 minutes at yeah all in all it's like a really good it's creative because it's so dark for a show that you'd be like, oh, yeah, this. I thought this was for kids, but it's definitely not. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's good. They got Bane doing, like, the Tom Hardy voice the entire time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, so one of the reasons that you and I kind of found a, uh, our way into each other's circles was when I started going to... Kevin's Backyard Shows, yep. like sophomore year of high school, you were one of the people that was always like around it, kind of in the stands, like doing your thing. Mm-hmm. I I remember in the lunch line the one day, you're always like, how the fuck do you remember this shit? But yeah. I I remember one day you looked at me from like, I barely knew you at the time, and you were like, <laughs> you're like, Dan Torres, you and I are going to be a tag team one day, and, and like, we're going to do it. And like, yeah. you fist bumped me like across the lunch line or whatever, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah. Okay, like, I I don't even think I'm wrestling yet, but, like, where did your love of wrestling come from? Like, just being around them, or did you like it previously to that? I just grew up loving it. Um, Batista and John Cena, you know, typical. Yeah. uh, Were two of my favorites growing up. Um, I liked Edge. Uh, That's kind of where my friendship with Kevin started, uh, like, blossoming, per se. Uh, His locker was next to mine. He's like, yeah, me and my friend's backyard wrestle. He made me like a mixtape of like wrestling themes. Oh, and, dope. And I made him this like <laughs> CD with like three songs on it. <laughs> and one of it was, it, it was a Metallica song. It was a song that I used to walk out to in quotations when I was like 10, 11 years old. <laughs> my friend down the street had a trampoline. And this is completely different from 
uh, Kevin because they went to a different elementary school than me. Sure. So me and my other friends were wrestling on his trampoline. His little brother tried to give me a spear, and I dodged out of the way. Well, we had this trampoline in the middle of two trees, and he speared the tree. Oh, And his mom at the time was like, you guys can't be doing this. You know, you guys are going to break a leg or blah, 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 blah. So my grandma, RIP, she took two pair. She took a pair of um, sweatpants and, like, a sweatshirt, sewed it, stuffed it. So we had, like, a dummy. So then we would do, like, singles matches with this dummy, tag (laughs) matches with this dummy. That's how, like, we would do our backyard wrestling. Yeah. Um, Everybody definitely had their own way of doing it that wasn't as kind of put together as what we ended up doing. But we had to do something. Yeah. No one ever listened to that warning. Do not try this at home. No. Like, fuck that. We're doing this shit. In between trees on a trampoline. <laughs> I know. I used to, like, see that warning before, like, a WrestleMania DVD and then immediately RKO my friends after. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to immediately try it. Yeah. But, no, just, like, growing up watching it, honestly, I'd say what got me into it the most was, like, SmackDown vs. Raw when those games came out. Hell, yeah. Because those were, like, at the time, those were my favorite games. I'd create a wrestler, and it would be me, like, a visualization of who, who I would, like, want to be as a wrestler. Sure. And then just beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Do like 15 finishers in a row and then pin them. Your own storylines <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Oh, it was the best to like yeah. kind of have that dream. And uh, where you ended up, too, you kind of made that way more of a reality yeah. than a lot of us, like including myself with like with our own dreams, ever mm-hmm. thought like we could. Like, yeah. did you expect it to like kind of t- it like? It, where it took you? Did you not, have any honestly idea not that? really, man? It it, it 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 was about luck, honestly, kind of. Um, so I got a concussion in college football. I was like, all right, whatever. They took away my equipment. They're like, you're done. I'm like, okay. And then the way it ended up happening was I was at ECC for one year. Um, my professor was like. Hey, you're too smart to be doing this. As in criminal justice being my major at the time. Sure. Um, go to UB and do this. So I was like, cool. You're saying I'm too smart for this and I'm too smart. I'm going to go do that. So I transferred to UB. Didn't like it at all. And I needed that gap filled where football left. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I needed a commitment. I needed something. Um, Not to fill the void, but to fill the void. In a yeah, sense. yeah, 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 one hundred percent. So that's when I started wrestling with Kevin in his ring in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And that's where we had our tag match. Hell so yeah. like that kind of came to fruition. You know, I told you we were going to be a tag team. We you had, did. We 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 became a tag team. I should have believed you. I really should have. <laughs> I'm a prophet. <laughs> um, and then after that, it was kind of like. I really like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started showing up to the local ESW shows. There was no schools around here at the time. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, you know, I'm driving around with Kevin. I'm meeting people. I'm doing these, like, uh, training se- seminars when I can. Excuse me. And uh, 
then the school came up in uh, Lackawanna, Grapplers Anonymous. Shout yep. out to them. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah, they're they're excellent. They're it, to have a resource like this yeah. in Buffalo for wrestling is unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. And I was going there weekly for a while. Um and then my grandma passed away in 2015. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was like a really dark time in my life, man. Uh my grandma was like was my mom. Yeah. I wasn't my birth giver, but she was my mom. Yeah. So uh, like a couple months down the road, Kevin's like, Hey, I have this opportunity. They need someone to be my bodyguard. And I gave him your name. I'm like, cool. Where is it? And he goes, smash wrestling. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like smash was considered PWG of Canada. So good. Yeah. And PWG is one of the best like indie promotions in the United States. Absolutely. So I was like, like, are you, are you kidding? He's like, nah, dude. He's like, I need you. And I'm like, all right, I'll make it happen. So I got into a position, in my opinion, I didn't deserve. Um, I wasn't as committed as a lot of other people. I'll, I'll wholeheartedly admit that. Sure. Um, I get there. And, you know, they, the people, the fans, so we were heels. Right. Yeah. Kevin is the whitest meat baby face around here, yeah. but in Canada, everybody hates Huge heel. So we were heels, but the, the fans, like, loved our chemistry. So that's the thing that, I think that separated me and Kevin from some people, because our chemistry was perfect. Mm-hmm. We've been, like, best friends for years, and our chemistry was, we brought our chemistry from our personal lives into the wrestling industry. That's the way that wrestling works the best is if you can have something like that's already there yeah. to relate to. Yeah. Look at some of the best tag teams you have. You have Etch and Christian. Christian Dudley Boys, Dudley Matt Boys. Hardy, Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Like all the ones who knew each other for a very long time Yeah, that could just kind of like be like, okay, we're going to work like this. We're going to do this. We're going to do it. creates a better environment for yeah. people that way. So then while in Smash, you know, we got to do a lot of cool things, meet a lot of cool people. I've made friendships with people who they keep up to me to this day. He text me randomly, ask me how I'm doing, like Chris Hero. Mm. Chris Hero was in WWE. He's one of the biggest indie names in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah, he's always been a wrestling superstar, yeah. even by name. And, uh, you know, he kind of became a mentor to me in a way because, like, it was very expensive to hit, have him fly into Canada from where he lived. So they flew him into Buffalo. So Chris traveled with us a few times. Mm-hmm. And then we, we'd be on shows together down the road. And it's just like he became like a mentor, a good friend. He contacts me. I don't want to say regularly, but like out of the blue, like, hey, hey, body man, how you been? How's everything going? Shit like that. Um, Those little things like that are so meaningful yeah. when people can just like For hit sure. you out of the blue and be like, hey, I was thinking of you. Yeah. Even if they just say that, yeah. it, it's nice it to means know a lot. that. Yeah. 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 So then, you know, I became good friends with everyone in Canada. I've made such great friendships. Um, and then it kind of came to a time where I realized my commitment wasn't enough mm-hmm. to wrestling. You know, I have a a pretty good career going for myself. I was up for promotions and 
I just couldn't commit the time anymore. Yeah. And so I kind of just decided, and my body was beat up. I was, not only was I wrestling, because, like, the thing, too, was, like, at the time, what was the, <laughs> the feat was, like, who could pick up body and slam them? So I started getting <laughs> slammed all the time. I'm going, there was a match with uh, Kevin versus Facade, who he just wrestled recently. Yep. But I went through, like, I think two ladders. Jesus. Yeah. And it's in that match. And then I took a fucking wicked boot to the face from Facade. Shout out to him. <laughs> no hard feelings. Yeah. Um, it sometimes is it, it is sometimes what, it you is just got to sell the gimmick a little bit. Um, I broke my nose in a match. Damn. I tore, partially tore my meniscus in a match. And then I was like, I want to start powerlifting or I'll do strongman. So I hired one of the strongest guys in the world to be my coach online. So I started getting coached and some shit happened. And, um, I started doing my own thing after that. And I threw out my back. I got a herniated disc in my back. And I was like, you want to know what? Like between powerlifting and wrestling, this isn't really worth it anymore. Cause you know, I couldn't even bend over. So some mornings I'd right. wake up and I'd be like stiff as a board, can't bend over in pain. So I kind of just, you know, I realized I got a good thing going for me. I don't want to fuck it up. So I kind of just decided I'm I'm done. There's no hard feelings or anything. And, you know, I reached out to a few people. I thanked them for everything that they've ever done for me, every opportunity they've done for me. I posted in the Grapplers thing. And uh, Pepper Parks, a.k.a. The Blade on AEW, he mm-hmm. was, like, one of the trainers that helped helped me a lot shout out pepper he's shout out huge to him. for the city of buffalo huge, and huge huge and he wrote this long post and it was very meaningful to me and i screenshot it and i kept it on my computer but it was like he's like you know i understand it and he's like you lived out your dream you did what a lot of people said that or you couldn't do you did what uh some people will never do and that's living out their dream because mm-hmm. while it's smash I was on international TV. I was on the Fight Network. I was I was involved in great things, meeting great people, and that kind of put in into uh, perspective for me. And you know, I was at peace with it. You know, um, I don't really miss wrestling. I think there's a lot of bullshit politics involved with a lot of the people. Sure, absolutely. Um, but I miss. I miss the boys. I yeah. miss I miss the locker rooms. That's kind of stuff. I don't missing I don't miss at all waking up in pain. I don't I don't miss the long drives. Like some people like that. Listen, I was always a driver. I I volunteered to do it. But I don't miss it, you know? So, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for everything that I've gone gone through with wrestling. I'm grateful for all the people I've met. All the, like I've got a lifetime of memories that people like you couldn't even fathom the yeah. shit that I've been through and like seen and the people I met. And I'm grateful for all that. I'm happy for all that. And, but you know, I don't really miss wrestling. I, I get that. I'm, I think I do sometimes a mm-hmm. lot. And then I feel like the back pain I have from it or, you know, my shoulders all messed yeah. up and like, will be kind of messed up for the rest of my life. And, I think you're smart because there definitely comes a point where your body can tell you, like, okay, this is yeah. it. And some people refuse to listen to it. And that's a problem. And that's like, a you problem. have to. You, you only get one body. Yeah. They can replace certain parts of your body. 
and then there's other parts that they can't. Mm-hmm. And then, or there comes to a time where they can't fix it anymore, and now you're stuck. Yeah, with a, with a broken body, and you know, my injuries to some people are nothing. Yeah, but it's like I don't want to get to that point where. When I'm 50 years old, I'm wheelchair bound or I'm hunched over using a cane or I'm doing this or that. I don't want to be like that. No. So I met the undertaker through work, right? Mm-hmm. And I was shooting the shit with him. And uh, he's like, you're going to feel it the rest of your life. He's like, it doesn't matter. How-. He's like, you could have done it for three months. He's like, but you're going to feel it for the rest of your life. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy to hear um, on that documentary of his that towards the end of his career, it was do the one match or train for the one match at WrestleMania do the match at WrestleMania, and then heal up from the injuries that he got and do whatever surgeries he needed. Just to get ready for the next match the next year. Yep. A year from that. Yeah. It it breaks you. Dylan uh, Kreese was on here Mm -hmm. like two episodes ago. Yep. And he was talking about at one point how he can't turn his head a certain way anymore. Like there's just like a pinched nerve in his neck where Mm -hmm. like he can't move a certain way and like you know guys like him and matt uh they were deep and we know they were deep because like we have that whole history but they didn't even like you know they're not wwe guys no like these are guys that just look at pat like Mm -hmm. pat wasn't a a wwe guy he was a guy in the wrong circumstance at the wrong time and like and wrestling can that's the that's the scary thing about being in the industry is sometimes you kind of see what the realities of it can be. A hundred. That's like any industry you get into. Mm-hmm. Everything's like uh, glitz and glam from the outside. Yeah. And then once you're in and you know everything, it's like, oh, <laughs> is is it worth it? I know. For real. It, it, sometimes it's like... Th- the curtain being pulled back isn't the best thing, mm-hmm. but sometimes you're glad you know too about yeah. like what it can be and what it can't. Mm-hmm. But I think you did a fantastic job with well, the time you've that. had yeah. in there. I thought uh, your run with Kevin was so brilliant just to have you two. It was together magical, and, really. Yeah, and your you know your size definitely plays plays such a good role into wrestling because yeah. like they need guys that like your size and your build. Yeah, and you're the perfect bodyguard guard character yeah. for that because who doesn't? Some of the best gimmicks have come from the bodyguard kind of interfering with everything and turning the match for like the dude they work for. Mm -hmm. And people eat that gimmick up all the time. They're eating it up to this day. And in your promos with Kev and muscle are some of my (laughs) favorites that have, that he's ever done. Yeah. That's where he was like at his peak talking wise. Cause he could just bounce things off you guys and you would have fun with it. Yeah. But just the one where you're, I think you guys are in a studio or something like that, and maybe was call that him. with the guitar with it for Andy Williams and that, Kevin. See, that was good, but I I always think of the one where he's calling out. I believe it's Frankie TM, and you guys are in somewhere. It's you and him, and then he's like, "Where the hell's Muscle?" And then, like you get a phone call from, and like yeah. you're like he got he got uh, arrested at Abercrombie Fitch modeling next to yeah. the mannequins or yeah. something and kevin just goes, he's an idiot and like you guys are <laughs> yeah. like well it, it's perfect yeah it, because those are those bad guy groups that you can kind of laugh at and love still those are the best things to be around honestly yeah 
like some of some of the promos like I'm in my head I have so many like even today I was like I don't think of wrestling hardly ever for sure. some reason today maybe it was cuz I knew I was coming on here and I knew it would be brought up yeah yeah that I started thinking of wrestling and I started having these dope ideas like I'm not a very creative person on paper or writing or drawing and shit like that but in my head I picture stuff so I would pitch it to Kevin he'd be like that's fucking sick. So this one time for the one promo was uh, for Andy Williams. It was like uh, we had Andy involved with it. It was like Kevin and being haunted by this thought or the <laughs> idea of Andy. So like, there's uh, we like drive past um, you know, we're in Walmart and Andy's at the end of every aisle and he'll ask me like, "Did you see that?" And I look, I'm like, and then there's no one there. <laughs> I had that whole thing written down right, and I'm not gonna. And I pitched it to someone, and they're like. That's fucking stupid. You know, next time you have an idea, pitch it to me first, and I'll tell you not to waste your time or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that. Jesus. So then I went to someone else, and they're like, that's genius. They're like, do it and send it to me immediately. And we went and did it, and it was so well-received. And I'm like, maybe I got, like, I don't know, just a niche in writing this shit or mm-hmm. just coming up with ideas. But... um a lot of those promos, man, they were just so fun. They're so good. That was one of my favorite parts of wrestling was that's, the promos. That's like one of the best things about it. I remember, so back in 2011, uh, when I like first got involved with ESW, like mm-hmm. senior year of, uh, of high school for us, Puma was uh, feuding with the Caesar at the time okay. with Riot. Mm-hmm. And Caesar had cost him the belt at like the previous show and like all this. So... He did this promo. He had a bunch of us over on Memorial Day, like, for a cookout. And while we were there, we shot this promo where uh, to train for taking down Caesar, Puma went after a bunch of mimes that were, like, on the street and was, like, beating the hell out of them and shit like that. (laughs) But it was done the way it was done. It was very, like, vaudeville and, like, just, like, slapstick comedy style. Like, Mm -hmm. at one point he had me do the, you know, he did the Macarena elbow all the time. Mm -hmm. He, He had me, like, dressed up as a mime doing the Macarena with him. And then once I got my hands on my head, he just bought me in the face. Like it, it, it was it just like brilliant stuff. Like yeah. it was like me. It was uh, Julian Dick uh, Dickman, uh, brother Christensen. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, and uh, then uh, Thurston. Thurston was in it too. So it was all three of us were the clowns. And it just the way it turned out. I remember being so fucking excited for the thing to pop yeah. up on the jumbotron or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It was that's like. The acting part of me was, uh, like, always loved wrestling for that reason, for, like, the character you can pull yeah. out and shit. Yeah. No, I, that was one of my favorite parts is just being involved in the storytelling side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, wrestling w- was fun. I, I wasn't great by any means whatsoever. I was kind of shitty. Like I said, I was kind of lucky in the position, and I don't think I deserved the position I was in. But when I got there... I made my worth known with the creative side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, you weren't first on the list, but you're definitely not last. Like that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like that's yeah. the thing is like you you're not like I'm sure like there's a lot of right place, right time for yeah, things, was, right? And that was a hundred percent it. Yeah. And and that's how it goes. But like yeah. sometimes you can't help those opportunities, no. and they get you exactly where you need to go. And it's like, listen, if you say no to an opportunity, then that's your problem. Yeah, why would you do like, that? Like, anyone who says no to an opportunity that might blossom into something bigger is like, 
you screwed yourself over. Yeah. I wasn't going to say no. I would have made them tell me, get, tell me, get the fuck out, out of here. Yeah. Before I said no. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I don't I'll blame take you. chances. Yeah. If you don't take chances, nothing good's going to happen. Nothing good is ever going to happen, and it's better to take that chance than to be wondering, oh, what if I did yeah, this? Exact, what if I did that? hundred percent, exactly. Why, like, why the hell would you want to live yep. your life like that? Yeah. It makes I no sense want to, at all. Yeah. yeah, I get that. But, like, you killed it. Do you have, like, a favorite match or a favorite story that came from your time doing it? There's, I know the people you're involved with. There's got to be some good wrestling stories that you have um, that you're able to tell on the air, at least. <laughs> Chavo Guerrero was really cool to meet because growing up he was actually like one of my like favorite heels. I Hell hated yeah. Chavo Guerrero, but being on a show with him was really cool. He told me a story about how he. Ah, I don't want to tell that story because I don't know if he's ever told it. Um, Fair enough. Uh, favorite matches. Just to I meet think, any of the Guerreros is such a cool yeah, thing. A hundred percent. I like the stuff that we did with Frankie TM. Working with Jeff Cobb was cool. Like, Jeff Cobb threw me from one corner of the ring to the other. Damn. And that was like, I have a picture on my Instagram of that. It was like four squares of zoomed in on my face. And it was like the first time in my life I was like, oh, shit. Someone can do this to me? Like, I'm a big dude. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm 6'5", 320. And you're always, like, built, too, for the most. <laughs> like, you've never yeah. been, like... It, you've never been like you've always just been a solid dude. So for someone to be able to just do that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Frankie TM too. I mean, he threw me one time, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> um, uh, a memorable moment was like my my first my first match with Smash. It was me, Kev, and Muscle. So Muscle's in the picture at this point. This mm-hmm. is maybe. I want to say nine, ten months into my uh, tenure with uh, Smash. And we were against the Overdogs, who is Seb and uh, Sebastian Suave and John Greed. Okay. And Muscle's new at this point, too. So Muscle went to Lance Storm's Wrestling Academy, but he I don't think he's ever, at this point, has never wrestled a match outside of that. Sure. So we're calling the match, and, and Muscle's like, no, 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 no. Like, he's trying to switch the match as we're about to walk out. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up and go out there. We got to do this. Um, another one was with muscle. Like, muscle is comedic gold when you're involved with muscle. That's what I've heard. <laughs> so we do this match with Tarek and uh, Brent Banks. Mm-hmm. Tarek's a good dude. They're I both like great dudes. Yeah, they're both really good dudes. And uh, we're in London Comic-Con. Like, those loops that we did at the London Comic-Con were great because it's like four days, two or three shows a day um, at the Comic-Con or at a different venue. Those are great times. Mm. And all I remember is, like, so we're the bad guys. We're, we're giving heat, right? Muscle goes in there, does something, huffing and puffing, tags out. I'm like... What the fuck are you doing? I'm catching my breath. He goes, I'm out of breath. I need to catch my breath. I'm like, you're you're the in sh-. So muscle's like maybe 6'1", six, 6'0", six and like 180 pounds of solid muscle, but he smokes cigs. Muscle, if you're listening to this, I've been telling you for years, quit hacking quit those, those darts. Fucking cigs. He, Randy Philbrick, that's for you too, baby. He, he tags out, 
And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm pissed off. So I do something, and then I take out. He's like, I ain't going in there. I'm like, get in there. I'm out of breath. I'm the big dude. I need to catch my breath. Um, I think the same <laughs> loop I wrestled Scotty O'Shea, Hacker. Oh, shit. In like a street brawl type match. Like, I don't even remember what it was, but all I do remember is he put a trash can over my head, a dirty trash can over my head beat the shit out of me with a fucking wet floor sign and then dunked my head in a uh, a beverage girl's cart full of like water and beverages and she was pissed cuz my head was just in a dirty trash can <laughs> she was pissed about that this is dirty trash Nasty. water now that, that she's she, keeping all her water that she couldn't shit sell in. these drinks anymore oh, i think we had to terrible. buy them all but i mean whatever but Oh, it was hilarious. That's I remember, so funny. I remember after the match, he was like, you think that girl's mad? I'm like, oh, she's mad. <laughs> she's fucking mad. But there's just so many memories. I mean, my my last match was against, like, I think it was, like, at the, they might have been TNA Impact Champions at the time. Sure. Uh, tag Champions. I'm not going to mention names. Um, But, like, that's my last match. That's fucking cool. That is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's so many memories. I have like years, I got like friends now through wrestling that keep up with me and, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't complain about that. It brings amazing things. It really does. I wouldn't be in this studio without wrestling because I would never would have met Matt through Mm -hmm. Kevin and like, there's a bunch of things like my highlight in my wrestling career is doing, there was a training day at ESW and me and Kevin did a match in front of Pepper and it was it was the best match I've ever done with Kevin. It was so clean. Mm-hmm. It was just every every part of it was so clean. And afterwards Pepper was like, I have no notes for you guys. That was that was like a really, really awesome match. Like mm-hmm. the, the, and just to get that compliment from him at the time, I always look back and like when I look back through everything and think of wrestling, that's the thing I think of because that was the thing that I was like Okay, like, I feel validated now mm-hmm. that, like, I got to where I wanted to be, yeah. where, like, pros looked at me and were like, yeah, you can wrestle a yeah. match. And part of that is, you know, it's probably 75% Kevin, because Kevin makes everybody look ridiculously good. As always. <laughs> but but just to have that, it, it was the right time for it, and mine and Kevin's chemistry was, like, better than ever uh, at that point. So, like, we're all going to walk away with different takes and different yeah. things. Even the days where we were doing FOF and just doing those training matches, yeah. I look back on those days and I'm like, I wish I could go back there. And We like, were wrestling in, like, negative five degrees oh in the God. middle of winter on the stiffest ring I've ever bumped on. You're, you're one of my favorite matches from that era. I appreciate it, that. It, that, was, that was a fun time because I remember just being like, just fucking throw me. Yeah. Just, like, do it. Just do whatever you want with me. Yeah. We had that whole story with your leg going into the match. And yeah. Like, it, it's it's just a blast to be able to look back on those times and yeah. be like, yeah, this really brought me something. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Good for you, man. I'm <laughs> glad you pushed for that dream. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Those <laughs> <laughs> uh, good shit. times. Yeah, I know. Um, so you went through this crazy-ass uh, bout with COVID right at the beginning of the whole yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Do you feel like, I don't want to like jump right into like details or anything like that but do you feel like 
and I'm sure I know the answer to this, but that your outlook's different from that experience on life and like what you want to accomplish and things like that. Um, a hundred, like, I like it's more than a hundred percent. It's just like, so I wasn't laying in bed, right? I'm texting Kevin. I don't think I'm going to make it out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm texting my best friend from work, my dad's information with my wishes. And, you know, the next day, um, they gave me a different treatment and that's what really turned me around. Uh, but all I remember thinking was like, I'm, I'm in bed. I can't sleep. Cause I'm like, so like the anxiety's like going crazy. The, the, I'm depressed. I'm like, I'm watching TV. I'm watching discovery channel or it might've been travel channel. I can't remember. Um, and I'm thinking if I get out of here, like I'm going to make the most of my life. Good. Like, um, it's, it's hard to describe really. Cause like anyone who's been close to death, cause like I'm going to let, I'm not trying to like exaggerate. Like I was close to like, you super were close you to were. dying. Yeah. And, uh, your whole outlook changes. Everything changes. Like, like I, I got out of there and the first thing I did was I had a, I had a different truck at the time and I got a tr- different truck now. I had so much time off of work because the way my my job was at the time is we went down to one or two days working a week, so I had five days off. Right. I was going to go get a truck, and I was going to make it an overlander, which is like you put this shit on the back of your truck. You're pretty much living out of your truck. So my, my plan was I was going to go live in the woods yeah. five days a week go just to be one with nature because, like, one thing I've learned is that, like, we got to reconnect with nature. Um it's just like it's so much better for a person's like overall health mentally and physically to reconnect with nature mm-hmm. so i found myself you know i didn't end up doing that just shit happens and uh but i was like going out for hikes and i was doing this and doing that and that really helped um it changed my career path that's why i'm back to school now like i'm no longer i'm no longer satisfied with certain things. And I found if things no longer satisfy you or fill your needs, then you got to do what you got to do to make sure that you can, you're happy. Happiness is like a major, major thing for now, right now for me. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and a sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm changing career paths. I need to have a sense of fulfillment because when you are laying there like dying and you really think like, I didn't do much. Mm. I didn't enjoy my life much. I dedicated my life to the wrong things. And although I have done a lot of great things to lead up to this time, not enough time was spent um, on things that make me happy. Yeah. Things that bring me a sense of fulfillment. So like one thing that I love traveling, I love traveling even more now seeing new things, experiencing new things. Sure. I've only gone on one trip since I got out of the hospital because of COVID, and I'm talking, like, out of state or whatever. Right, yeah, you can't really do much still no. because of everything. Or even out of the country. Yeah. Um, so I went to Texas. My buddy lives down there. Like, this this trip, it was, like, two months ago now. Went to Texas for three days, stayed with my buddy Kiefer, left there, flew to North Carolina, Charlotte, Drove up from Charlotte to Virginia, stayed with my best friend Colin for a couple of days. Drove back down to Charlotte, stayed for a day with 
another best friend, Brandon, mm-hmm. and then flew home. So I visited three friends, three different areas over the course of like 10 days. That was great. Um, I'm finding an old a love for things I used to love. Fishing. I started fishing again. I hadn't gone fishing in years. Oh, good for you. I got a fishing license I, and bought new poles, new rods, new everything. Started fishing again. You know, I've gone out on multiple fishing charters, you know. It's like I said, it's the one thing that I've learned. Find things that make you happy. Do things that make you happy. Because when you're in, at that point, you want to think to yourself, you don't want to go out on a bad note. No, you never do. No so, one wants to end their life like that. So you want to make sure that your life was, you did the most, you saw the most, and that you were surrounded with good people. That's another thing. I've been cutting out of people out of my life like crazy. People, you know, I still got La Familia. I don't mm-hmm. really get to see them as much. We're all adults now. Yeah, we're growing up. Couple, Some of us have kids. Like, kids, yeah, family, yeah. significant others. I got a, I'm busy with work and school. Like, like it's, it's, it's a miracle that I'm, I'm right here right now because I, I had a day off of school. I got a day off of work. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm just, just doing things that make me happy, and if it doesn't bring me happiness, I'm changing them. So Yeah, and you're probably appreciating shit more, I feel like, too. Oh, way, way, yeah. way more. Yeah. Way more. You know, it's just there's just so much shit that you appreciate the little things, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like compliments. Mm-hmm. Compliments go such a long way. Eye contact with people. Eye contact. Like, so here's a, here's a big thing that really fucked with me when I was in the hospital. Obviously, the nurses and doctors, they have to wear all this PPE when, when they're dealing with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. They're covered head to toe in PPE. They come in the room briefly, do what they got to do, leave. That's all you get. That's not human contact. No. Human contacts like us right now, looking at each other in the eye. You're, you're. I see your face. I yeah. see your skin. Like, it's the little things because that's a human contact right there. Mm-hmm. Other than that, my only other human contact was over Facetime. So I'm grateful for uh, technology too. Honestly, yeah. Um, but like, that drove me fucking insane. Was no actual human connection. Yeah. Human connection is so much. We need that as yeah. humans. We need the socialization yeah. aspect of everything. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, are having a hard time with over the last 18 months or so is a loss of human connection. Yeah. And, and that fucks with your head in a big way if, like, if you're used to seeing certain people every day and yep. can't. Like, I know people who still haven't, like, seen their their parents or, like, their families, like, based on, like, restrictions to Canada or, like, things like that. Or I work, with a, I work with a dude who hasn't seen his kid in 18, 19, 20 months yeah. because of it because his child lives in Canada. And he, with the way things are, like... You okay? So they're opening up the border, right? You mm-hmm. got to quarantine for ten days after. Yeah, exactly. Who can afford that, really? I know that it's it's crazy to like see that, and like the circumstances of like, like you said, there's like a ten day quarantine, and you have to kind of like sacrifice to get the things you want. There yeah. was New Zealand and Australia's restrictions are so crazy right now that you have to have like. 
I think it's something like a two or three week quarantine once you get back there mm-hmm. and like you just have to be somewhere. So Dan Hooker, I don't know if you know who that is. No, he don't. fights for the UFC. He's a, he's a lightweight contender. Okay. He trains out of the same camp that uh, Israel does. Okay. Um, so he, at the beginning of the year when Michael Chandler was, was debuting for Bellator, um, Hooker's out of New Zealand. So he had to leave for New Zealand and like do a two week quarantine out. And then get to Abu Dhabi, like, matterly do, like, a three-week quarantine there or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers. But then he goes to this fight, which um, he was – I think he was favored slightly in or whatever. Mm -hmm. Got knocked out in the first round. And, like, he was – he had lost a fight previous to that, too. So now he's on a two-fight losing streak. But then he's, like, he has a wife and a daughter at home. So – he does 30 days of quarantine just to get in the octagon for like three and a half minutes. Yeah. Then has to do another 30 days after he leaves to like come back home and see his family. And he was like, through a lot of that, he was like, I was wondering if this is actually worth it to like do anything. Yeah. And like, it's like, how, how could you not wonder something like that if you're sacrificing all that much for something so little? For something so little like that. And I think like, with COVID and shit, a lot of people's perspectives are changing on what's important to them and, like, 100%. the things that – even my mom said she was like, I want to be, like, uh, you know, I want to be retired in a couple of years. Like, I don't want to be working mm-hmm. all that much anymore, and I just want to, like, enjoy my time. My time has been nice back. I'm probably going to take less and less shows every year and, like, maybe get down to one a year and, like, kind of go from there, but – I, I feel like people got more of a sense of, like, time is of the essence from this whole thing. It, it 100% is. I mean, I never thought that I'd be laying in a hospital bed for a week and having to take a few months to even recover after that because my, my lung capacity was practically eradicated yeah. because of COVID because my, both my lungs were filled all the way to the top with fluid and... um I forget the term that they use, but they they couldn't hear oxygen moving in my lungs. Okay, for the, for the whole week I was in the hospital practically. Um, so like, you gotta make sure that you just like enjoy everything. Take it day by day. Yeah, for sure. Get out, do more, see more. Go, like I said, going out to nature is so much more important than people realize. Mm-hmm. Time is of the essence. It really is. It makes you really think, like, when you're in that situation, like, wow, I really didn't do much. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, I didn't do much. Yeah. I know, and I think we all go through that process, but it's got to be way more real <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> like, way, way, way more real. And then I had a hard time coping with it after. Yeah. It's I like, thought... I don't know, it was kind of a dark time for me, really, for a few months after, because it's like you see all these people dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why me? Yeah. And I'm not a faithful person. I'm not going to sit here and be like, people are like, oh, you know, God wanted you around longer. It's like, well, I don't believe in that. So I appreciate your sentiment. Um, But like, that's not my idea. Sure. So it's not a comfort to you. No, that's not a comfort for me. So it's just like, but why me? Like, what, what did I do different or what happened to me different to where I get an extra chance? Yeah. And I find that, too, even with non-COVID-related deaths that we've been around. Like, you know, when Kupiak went, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell did he do? Like, there's there's nothing that yeah. he did. Like, you know, people, like, I've lost friends to, like, cancer. I've yeah. lost friends to different things where I'm like, 
they deserve to live a full life and like what do i do that's any more yeah. significant than anything they do yeah. but i just think i think it's natural to do that when you you, you question it yeah you yeah. just do but like fuck dude i'm just glad you're here i'm glad everything <laughs> like panned out and, i appreciate it and yeah, now me too. But, like, you you truly have, and I've seen since then, like, you truly are taking it to the fullest and just appreciating your time to, with yeah. you. You are. Yeah. And, and I see that because, like, you're already doing these things that you want to do in your life mm-hmm. and, and getting your life to the way you want it. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. I think they're, like, for me, like, someone might label it as selfish, um... But at the end of the day, your universe revolves around you. Yes. So if it doesn't serve you in any capacity, to me, it needs to be cut out. You got to cut that shit. So it's just, there's, I know I have great friends, I have great family, but if for some reason I've had great things happen to me in life, but if it no longer serves me in any capacity that I think is going to help advance me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have a I don't have a place or time for it no more. Yeah. So good for you. It, like I said, people might think it's selfish, but when you were like kind of in the position if I, I was in, you'd be thinking the same thing that I am. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. Like no one can say that they wouldn't be. Yeah. No one can say that. And you're right. Like you you can't be wasting time on things no. that aren't going to work. I yeah. feel like. Like I like I said at the beginning of this. Like you know, I wake up. Do my school shit, go to work, come home, decompress how I want to decompress, do it all over. And then in my head, it's like, all right, I wake up and I do this because I'm not happy with this part so I can advance myself in this part. So maybe in a year's time, two years' time, I'll have more available time, better resources, and better opportunities to truly do what's going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And for me... Like I said a few times already, that's getting back to nature. I wanna, I wanna get a place where I could decompress in the middle of the woods. I wanna travel places. My my top, I wanna go to Japan. Mm-hmm. I wanna go to Iceland, and I wanna take my dad to Ireland. Ooh, and all good trips. Ireland and England because that's where uh, my family immigrated from. So I wanna take him there. No one in my family's been back there since everyone came here. Mm-hmm. So I wanna take him back. I think that's really important to do like i i think that would be a really meaningful trip for you and him and then and then another thing like my life goal is to make sure he's taken care of Mm -hmm. so it's like i want to make sure that he can enjoy his life what's left of his life i got a long life to live now i feel yeah but but that's i think that's important because i think you're living for others in the right way yeah at that point you're not being like used but you're you're dedicating time to people you care about and things you care about for those people. So I just want to make sure that I get out, travel, and just live my life to the fullest. Hell yeah. Doing what makes me happy. (laughs) Good for you, brother. Yeah. One last thing I want to kind of get into with you before we get out of here. And I know it's kind of old news at this point, but you and I have kind of talked about uh, this in the past and this subject, and I'm curious to see where you stand on it now. So Connor fought a month ago. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, the trilogy with Dustin did not go how people expected it to go yeah. with it, with the leg break and everything like mm-hmm. that. I know you've always been a Connor fan. You've been on the train of him being like really good, which he is. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what your opinion is on where he stands now and where he goes from here. 
so I seen this take, and it kind of changed my mind on the situation. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought he's washed up. Sure. That's everyone's thoughts when you see this dude. You know I've always loved the cocky fighters. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey. Connor. Is John Jones. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I, at first I'm like, guy's washed up. And then I saw this take, and I forgot who said it. I think it was someone with the blue check mark, someone famous. They're like, he's not fighting for, for he, the right ideas, or he's not in the same mindset as he once was, because where he came from, poor as shit, had nothing, had to fight his way to the top. Hungry. Fought his way to the top. Mm-hmm. Lost his hunger. What did he have to fight for anymore? He made $100 million fighting Floyd. Like, what would you fight yeah. at that point? So he fought his way out of a dark place. He's in a dark place now. Yeah. He's, he's lost. Someone, I thought, I read some, like, it was like some funny political bullshit, but they were like, Connor hasn't won a fight since Obama was in office or some shit like that. I didn't look into it. It might be true. No, that's a, that's not true because he he beat Cerrone. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Trump was still in office. Okay. But like it's damn close because yeah. the the last actually what they might have been saying was he hasn't won a, fu- a fight at lightweight since Obama was in office. That might have been because it. because that's a hundred percent true because his last win was uh, against Eddie Alvarez at okay. lightweight. He's only. That's that's the crazy thing about him, dude. Is he's he went up to lightweight and he's one in three since going up there. Mm-hmm. But like his motivations totally changed within that. Like, but you could with, hear it in his words too. Yeah, when he when they say when he's saying like I go out there, I break someone's face and I collect a check. Okay, so you're gonna bust someone's face up. You're gonna lose a fight. You're gonna collect a big paycheck at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think you know. Until he's in that dark place again, he's got to fight away, fight his way out of the dark place. I 100% agree. I don't think he's going to win until he has that mindset anymore. Yeah, and I just, I don't think, so in my opinion, right now the best fight for him is to do the Diaz trilogy. That's the, that's the best thing for people to see. And this is... I think he get his ass kicked. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know, though, because Nate is like... It's funny because with the Diaz brothers, I read this thing about them that like the Diaz brothers never lose fights. The time just runs out. And mm-hmm. like and like that's 100 percent true because they yeah. always have those gas tanks. But if you think about it this way, you know, they're both on two fight losing streaks right now. Nate's last two losses are to Mosfidal and to Leon Edwards recently. And then, you know, Connor's dropped two to Dustin. His last one was against Cowboy, which Cowboy's like. Fucking zero and five or zero and six since fighting him or something ridiculous. So like Cowboys on the downswing yeah. too. I think if Connor's going into it and he wants a payday, that's the only fight he can really take right now. Yeah. If they do a fourth fight with him and Dustin, Dustin's whooping his ass. Like Dustin's at that point in his career right now. He's beating all the lightweight competition. His only lo- loss in his last couple has been to Khabib, which mm-hmm. Khabib's beating at. There's nobody who's beating yeah. Khabib. Like that's that's it. He's done. Mm-hmm. And he just he's in this place where he was like, yeah, I think I could be Connor at this point. And when he beat him once, he was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely beat him again. Mm-hmm. And now he's just laughing all the way to the bank with like all the money he cashed down on yep. with that. So I think if Connor comes back, it can't be against Dustin, Dustin or elite level competition right now. 
He needs to give himself something that lets him know he's still in it for, you know, the fighting and not yeah. just for the check or anything mm-hmm. like that. And the Diaz one, he that they're one and one, so he can get that one back. Like, he can't get the one against Dustin back, but he yeah. can get that one back if he wants to. I think, uh, you know, if Dana White said, you want to know what? you're not the same person you were five years ago, and was like, I'm only going to give you 100, 100K for that fight, <laughs> he's going to turn it down. Yeah. Because obviously he wants the big check. Connor's a seat filler. Mm-hmm. He puts asses in seats, that's for sure. Sure does. And pay-per-view buys. It's just so hard to comment on, really. Um, like I said, I think he needs to get back to that place in his head where he thinks he's fighting for more than just another big paycheck. I agree. And then until that happens, he's just going to keep losing. Mm-hmm. Well, unless they throw him some just random shit talker that's trying to prove himself and Connor just beats their ass because they're just not good. they just got a big mouth on him. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's that's the he's not going to beat Poirier. I don't think. No. Um, I I don't know if he beats like guys like Justin Gaethje right now either. Though. No way. Because like you think about it, whatever Connor throws at Gaethje, he's eating. Mm-hmm. Like he's just absorbing it and walking forward still yeah. because he's a human wrecking ball. Yeah, he's not beating him. No, not at all. But that. So I don't know if you heard that news. The best fight at lightweight that they put together right now is uh, they just put together. Uh, Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje for November, which is going to be... Gaethje's going to win. I, I think so, too. That's what but, I, I'd put money on him. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I think I'm going to be in attendance for that one. Where's that at? They're trying to do it for Madison Square Garden. And the main event would be uh, Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman, too, which is a really good fight. Usman won the first one, right? Yeah. Um, I think Usman will win again. Cause I, I, th- I think so. I think Usman's just lapping dudes now. Like, now he's just at that point in the division where he's just, you know, he. he I thought one of the smartest things for him to do this year was win that fight against uh, Gilbert Burns and then call out Masvidal saying he's making all these excuses as to why I, I fucking won that last fight. Mm-hmm. And, like, his... Uh, his main thing is a broken nose that I already walked uh, that I walked in with, mm-hmm. and it, and he was like, "You want to fucking get it? Come get it again!" Yeah. And he d- knocked him out. <laughs> he was the first guy to like violently knock out Masvidal. Yeah. So I just think, and Colby's fought once since then against a Tyron Woodley, who you know hasn't won a fight in like fucking like four years in mm-hmm. MMA or something now. So I I give Usman that too. I would just love to go see that fight because it would be full circle in a sense because when UFC was in Buffalo, uh, Usman fought on that card. Mm-hmm. So I would love to go see him again while he's like, you know, the, the on the top of his game. Right, like the four-time defending champion mm-hmm. right now or whatever the hell yeah. he is. He's, a, he's one of my favorite fighters right now. He's an absolute beast. Uh, the only fight I'm actually really looking forward to is going to be John Jones and... Uh... Francis uh, Ngannou. Ngannou. Yeah. If, if if that happens now. It's going to happen. It, it will eventually. So they just did an interim belt over the weekend. I didn't watch it, had, but I'm sad that my boy Derek Lewis lost. I am too, but dude, Gon shut him down. Yeah. The, the strike differential was like 106 to 8. That's insane. Like, Lewis couldn't even get in on him. And yeah. Gon is like, he's only 10 and 0, but his... MMA record doesn't reflect how fucking good he is. Mm -hmm. He only started MMA three years ago, and he just had his first UFC fight two years ago. So this is a guy who's coming real quick. 
And the interesting factor is him and Nganu used to train together. Really? Yeah. So that's a factor going in. So he kind of knows him a little bit. Yeah. But the big rumor I'm hearing right now is that Stipe accepted a fight with John Jones. So, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. But that's just a rumor. And I feel like that's going to be so... Me and Aaron actually just talked about it. My co-host from Dope, yeah, because he's a huge UFC fan too. Oh shit, really? Yeah, he's a huge UFC fan. Ooh, that's so, good to know. So he, so we're thinking. He told me about all about this. I'm like, well, that's going to be the fight to decide who fights in Ganu. Yes, but here's the thing. Aaron told me I didn't look it up. He told me last night. I actually forgot to look it up until now. Uh, John Jones is training with Stan Efferding. Uh, you probably don't know who that is. He is a former bodybuilder. He started um, the vertical diet, which is what a lot of like these big time players and strongman and power building and all this shit mm-hmm. do now. So he's actually training with Stan, and I think I, I can't. Let's see if it's on the internet real quick. I that, Aaron told me something like he's up to like two hundred and twenty pounds or two. It might have been two forty, but he's getting big. He said he's getting swole. the The recent pictures of him, he looks big. Like, he looks like he actually is taking training and doing everything the right way, mm-hmm. which I'm happy about because if he if it had just been another blind move to heavyweight, I would have been pissed because I want to see him at that weight class badly, very badly. Let's see. Stan Efferding. Let's see if he's posted anything. It doesn't surprise me, though, either, because John was he was really into powerlifting at a point, too. So the fact that he would want to get as big as possible and knows the right people to do it. Oh, yeah. Here's a picture of him. Yeah, he's tra- He's doing... John Jones is doing uh, seminars with Stan Efferding. So God damn. He's going to be getting big because Stan knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's, that's huge for him. Well, let's see. I would Because of the way Jones moves, I think him at heavyweight is going to be really good. And if it, Oh, I think so, too. No matter if it's... Him and Nganu or him and Cyril Gan, I think both of those fights are just amazing for each other. And I think they're great. And Jones is like one of my favorite fighters. Me too. Me too. I, it, regardless of the um, shit he's yeah, done. Outside of the octagon, I get it. People might not like him for that. But in the octagon, he's one of my he's favorite one of fighters. The yeah, for sure. And uh, him and Nganu would be a fucking slugfest, it'd I feel be, like. It'd be, it'd be a crazy crazy fight yeah just just because of what Nganu brings too like yeah. that's whew, i want that fight so bad yeah i really really do yeah well let's hope it happens let's hope they get the he- sure. the heavyweight strap all cleared up at the end of the year and then they can just move on and try and let's do hope that so. fight. yeah yeah all right brother it was great to have you on Thanks this plug me. yourself one more time so any social medias um we're gonna plug the podcast one more time too to make sure people uh, know that it's out there and on the network. So on uh, Facebook, Anime Made Me Do It. Uh, I think the Instagram is Anime Made Me Do It Pod. Um, we have a dusty Twitter that none of us post on, <laughs> which I probably should start using. Yeah, Anime I, I Made Me Do use It my Pod. Um, I'm not even gonna plug the, the Twitter; it's just useless. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to plug my personal or Aaron's personal, but if you like anime, you like manga, give us a like, a follow, subscribe, check us out. Um, new episodes every Thursday, ev- right? New episodes every Thursday. Um, some are longer, some are shorter. You know, we just like to talk anime and manga. We got some cool stuff in the works right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming up. 
me and Aaron are also looking into doing some YouTube content. I know I want to start streaming with like my uh, MTG shit and maybe some video game stuff. Oh, dope. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming out soon. That's awesome. Yeah. And this is, so by the time everybody will be hearing this, uh, Chapter 10 will be out of the show. So yep. everybody... Go check it out. There's still time to go catch up on the chapters you missed. 100%. It's a really easy listen through, and you'll be into it the entire time. Yep. So make sure you give uh, Body some love and Aaron some love because it's a, a really great show coming out of this network. Yeah, appreciate it, Dan. Of course. Um, at Average Ordinary Pod on most social medias, if we're not under that, we're under Average Ord Pod. Um, new episodes every Saturday, so make sure you keep listening. Like, subscribe, leave a review, even if it's a bad one. Um, coming up next week, my friend Nick Lama is going to be on here. We are going to be previewing SummerSlam, talking more wrestling, and talking some acting tropes for the world. Uh, until then, keep your mental health good. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you soon. See you. the play just all right just come on hurry up get to the line and just run and i will get it to somebody all right come on on three ready set mother delay of game offense